now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. It's time. It's summer time. Time, 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 time. I thought that was going places much worse. Where did you think it was going, Doc Manson? At Doc Manson? Out of respect, I'd rather not say. Welcome to another edition of DDT Wrestling. Uh, I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. And yes, it is. Well, it's it's summer, but it's not summer. Yes, it's the solstice. And yes, my students are now officially done with their school year. I still have another week, but at least the chillins are done. So, yeah. So that's nice. How are you? I'm fine. You know, it's, you know, work all year. I, I don't have a time off in a week, so. It, it's, you know, now granted you did go on a little vacation, but yes, I understand that. It is always strange to me that you do work at a university, but it is not like, you know, it's not like you can go in much more casually in the summer and, you know, put your feet up on the lab and. Feet up on the lab. Well, that's, <laughs> that's a. The lab table. Your de- yeah, I'm assuming you have a desk. Of course I do. Because I've never been to your office. I've because you've never visited times. me. I always assumed like I'd have to like go through some sort of like security measures and you know. My they'd office is to, just off of a hallway, so they'd ask to see my like bio one oh two grade and when I showed them the C I got, they'd laugh at me and tell me to leave. I wonder if I can look that grade up. Probably. <laughs> never thought of that. <laughs> Probably best if um, I don't. Yeah, uh, we did kind of touch on it. Uh, you know, yesterday I believe we learned of the passing of uh, Vader, who I believe is on our list. Is he still in the top ten? I think he is. He's on the list, that's for sure, and he's certainly near the top. I don't know necessarily. I'm pretty sure he's in the top ten still. One of the best big men of all time, right? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Incredible. You know, looked brutal because he was brutal, agile. Had a great look, that black, you know, horned thing he used to wear in WCW was awesome. So, yeah. McFoley lost an ear. Yep, and then wrestled in Japan. His eye came out of the socket. He just pushed it back in and finished the match. So, you know. Foley or Vader? No, it was Vader. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, But yes, so, you know, he will be missed. Uh, It is unfortunate that he did not make it into the Hall of Fame while he was still alive. I have to imagine he will make it into the Hall of Fame now. It has to be coming. I mean, with they asked him to induct Stan Hansen some a couple years ago, so I, I yeah. think he he's he's there. But why they put it off, I, I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't mean this necessarily when it comes to Vader, but do you think there are certain people who they are actually waiting until they die? Like we we want to induct you into the Hall of Fame. We don't want you to give a speech, so we're just going to wait for you to die. Uh, I don't really think so, but, I mean, to twist that a little bit, they may be waiting for Martha uh, Hart to die. Mm, 
Okay. The only name I could think of, and it wasn't, but it's Vince McMahon has said he doesn't want to be in the Hall of Fame, but I imagine when he does pass, maybe they'll respect that for a little while if he's serious about it. But I mean, sooner or later, given not only his pivotal role in the business, but also his on air persona, it would be silly not to have him inducted. It would be pretty funny if they were like, well, we're not inducting Vince McMahon. We're inducting Mr. McMahon. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's the way that it does go once that happens. Um, So let me ask you a question about Vader, though. I mean, obviously, they had him up on stage, again, not that long ago, inducting, uh, again, Stan Hansen. But, I mean, he's been in poor health these last few years. But I don't know how poor health. I mean, I have to imagine that they have some sort of aversion to having sickly wrestlers up on that stage. Like, I don't think they're going to have Kamala up on stage with both of his feet missing. I don't think they're going to have a guy in a wheelchair up. You know what I mean? Like, do you think that had something to do with Vader? I also wonder... I do wonder if they were a little put off by his trying to get social media on his side... And it's like, look, we're not going to induct you just because you got a lot of retweets. We'll induct you when we're ready to induct you. But it's yeah. it's weird. But, you know, the whole Hall of Fame thing is odd. Like, you know, we've talked about it many times. We've talked about it with Owen. I think we've talked about it with China. Um, it just the decision-making process is is a strange one for that whole thing. Clearly, Vader... In our minds, as a Hall of Famer, I do believe I, I could look it up, but I have I think he's like eighth. He's somewhere around seven or eight on the list. So clearly, we think he's a worthy inductee into the Hall of Fame, and I do think he's going to get there. Yeah, but matter of time, and mm-hmm. you know, I think it will be a it'll be it, it's it'll be well deserved. How about that? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Money in the Bank happened. It did. I'd like I'd like to tell this story. So I had decided earlier in the weekend that I was going to go to Manson Manor for Money in the Bank. And I had also decided that I wasn't going to say anything. Untrue. I was just going to show up. I'm calling your bull crap on that right now. What do you mean? Well, you came over. You clearly told us that uh, you only reason why you came was because... The day of, Mrs. Matthews said to you, I've got a book, so get the hell out of here. The day before, Uh we were talking about the wrestling, and she asked, have you been invited to Manson Manor? And I said, I have. And she said, are you going to go? And I said, I don't know. I was thinking about it. And she said, well, I did just take out this series from the library, so if you would like to go, you certainly should. And that was all the incentive I needed. Oh, that was the day before. It was the day before. Okay. So, so merrily, I went, I bought uh, some lemon vodka, which is a new thing of mine. I brought, we had, we had, I brought some tortilla chips, and I bought a, an assortment of jerky, because yes. I know that with my best friend, Doc Manson, and my other very good friend, GQ, uh, they have some dietary issues, so jerky was something that I thought we could all partake in. I don't know if GQ actually ate some. He was he too busy eating his chicken and potatoes that he brought from home. Um, and and so I, I pull in, I park next to GQ, this, you know, the your glass door 
I got through the gates. I passed Reginald, your uh, your gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. You know, and I almost just opened the door and walked in, but I was like, I don't know where they are. I don't know what they're doing. I don't want them to think that like an intruder has made it. So I knocked on the door. I heard the dulcet tones of Oscar. A hashtag Oscar, yes. And, you know, Mrs. Manson came to the door. She was very excited. And then I hear from upstairs, because mind you, Doc Manson and GQ are upstairs doing something. (laughs) <laughs> I still don't know what it was that they were doing, but then I hear you Doc's still voice. Asked us what we were doing. I, I, it's probably best I don't know. Okay. Um, so you know, I hear Doc Manson's voice. Is someone here? And so I said something, and there was much rejoicing. I believe there, there was there was a, a a nice amount of actual. Again, Doc Manson getting legitimately excited about something is rare. Getting legitimately excited about something that has to do with me, even more rare. But th- there was some legitimate happiness that I that I showed yeah. up on announced. It made my day. It made my day to have you uh, come by for the pay-per-view. I think you even got a hug. I did. I got I'm a, a hug. hugger. You Bailey are. would be proud. You, I've always thought you had a little Bailey inside you. Yeah, I wish. But, yeah, I mean, it was a really good time. Um, obviously, you know, maybe not obviously, but you didn't stay the whole night, but that's okay. I did. Um, I did. You made a good show of it. I stayed longer than I stayed for WrestleMania, although I, it, yeah, it is, it is funny. I left during Roman Reigns, Jinder Mahal, figuring, look, look, this is a match that I have a mild amount of interest in, but I'm okay skipping it. And I come home and within five minutes of me turning on the television, Oscar lost again. Now, she's lost twice on WWE pay-per-view. Both times, the match took place while I was driving home. You're a scientist. Is that coincidence, or do I have some sort of magical voodoo powers when it comes? To, am I the Papa Shango of SmackDown Women's Wrestling? No, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a coincidence. Okay. That makes me feel better. Though I was kind of excited about painting my face with, like, a skull. I mean, you can still do that. I, I mean, I, I would, I would support that. Not financially, but in spirit. Well, that's that's really all I care about. Um, what did you think of Money in the Bank as a whole? Uh, as a whole, it was a pretty good show. I think it could have done without a couple of matches. Um, Jinder Mahal, Roman Reigns, number one. Um, See, and if you, dro- if you drove home during it, it didn't happen. Yeah, I fair enough. It. I heard the crowd was not into it. I don't know why people were surprised at that. You know, and but. even looking back on it, I mean, obviously something else happened this week with Big Cass being released, but that oh, yeah. match with Daniel Bryan was not – it was a fine match, but as we sort of pointed out as we were watching it, Big Cass really – in that match at least, he did not sell – anything until the last submission move and i don't know if that's just his mo i can't say i've studied the big cast's in ring uh work that much but i have to believe that he typically sells at least a little bit and he was not having any of it in that match i'd like to say before i talk about that because i do think you're right it was really nice to go over i didn't bring a chromebook i didn't i don't have twitter on my phone anymore so i wasn't participating in social media. I was actually socializing, which... Amazing. 
which was very nice. And but we did talk about that because here's my perspective. Now I had heard the rumors that Big Cass had taken some liberties with Daniel Bryan, which is why he got his ass beat on SmackDown um, a couple of weeks ago. But it looked like he didn't, didn't he take want- liberties with a little person that was like pretending to be Daniel Bryan. Wasn't that the situation? Yeah, but I also think there was a point where he was supposed to he was supposed to do some like catch Daniel Bryan with like a big boot and that was it. And wound I up thought doing that was like the two, little person thing. Maybe it, maybe that was I it. could be wrong. I certainly didn't no, see it myself. No, that could be it. Um, but either way, like I had heard that he was not wild about the idea of having to make a little guy look strong. And that was what I took out of it was he did not seem interested. There was one point where Daniel Bryan's got his leg and he's out at ringside and he's going to do the, the typical bash his knee into the turnbuckle post. And he did it. And Big Cass barely grimaced. Right. And I'm like, you're not even selling a metal pole at this point. Um, so, you I know, mean, yes, he sold the heel hook well. The last heel hook. Yeah, he sold the submission well, but I was not surprised to see him gone. I know there's rumors that, you know, he had had some drunken issues on the European tour. I know his political views uh, weren't exactly popular with some of the boys in the back, but I personally am, I won't say I'm glad because they lost their jobs. My wrestle watching experience is better without Enzo and Cass on WWE's roster. I mean, the thing that really gets me about it is, and the reason why I don't think I can defend Big Cass at all is not because of any of these things that are hearsay. Like, I mean, the politics thing, I don't know if that's true. The the, the tour thing, I don't really know if that's true. All I know is when you are in a wrestling match, I think that your number one job, whether you're winning or losing is probably to make the other guy look like a million bucks. Do everything that you can to make your partner look good. It's sort of one of those, you know, rules of improv, and I have to imagine it carries over. And he looked so uninterested in even attempting to do that, that, well, maybe, maybe it's good that he's got some time to maybe sit down and decide what he really wants to do, because he apparently did not want to be doing that. Yeah. And, you know, people are like, well, what's next for him? And frankly, at this point, I, hopefully he figures out what he wants to do. Maybe he gets into acting. Maybe he shows up in season five of Lucha Underground. I know we have the savage Jack or Jake Strong. You know, Jack Swagger's in Lucha Underground now, Doc. I don't know if you knew that. I so, did not know that. And I could have probably gone the rest of my life without knowing that. You're really not going to watch season four? I didn't finish season three. I honestly didn't watch one episode after that ridiculously poorly placed, long, poorly communicated mid-season break. Like, I had no idea when it was coming back. They kept us on the hook for forever. It was just so poorly executed that I, and it lasted so long that I just completely fell out of that universe. Like, they really, they really dropped the ball for me. I don't know. I think they dropped the ball for a lot of people. And I think people who are looking for an alternative to WWE are embracing the fact that it's back, but it's it's clearly lost some of its Yeah, and at this luster. point, I, I don't have cable. I, I don't subscribe to Sling TV. I have no way of watching the El Rey Network, so at this particular moment, 
uh, it is not available to me to watch. So, so are you unable to watch Raw and SmackDown even if you wanted to? Besides on Hulu, um, I have my parents' login information, so I could log into the USA Network app on my phone and watch it live there. Um, but, but that's I mostly not just happen. don't. Yeah. So, and you know what? It's it is okay to only watch the pay per views. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to find something to watch, you can find you know, like if there's something good that happened, you can watch it on YouTube or whatever. Um, I did watch wrestling this week. I watched. I don't think I watched all of Raw. I watched probably the first half of Raw, and I breezed through SmackDown. I liked the Gauntlet match. Um, you know, I'm a pretend big fan of- for a moment that I. Not only did not watch the wrestling this week, but I read nothing about it. What, what sort of gauntlet okay. match would this be that we're talking? There about? was a so Braun Strowman is Mister Money in the Bank. So clearly, at some point, he is going to challenge Brock Lesnar. So the Raw title picture is kind of squared away. Not, I'm I mean, s- not necessarily. He could hold on to that briefcase and and challenge whoever Brock yes, Lesnar's successor what is. I was, what I wasn't going to say is there is no major champion on Raw. There's a new Intercontinental Champion, though. Did you know that? Um, Who was the Intercontinental Champion? Jeff Hardy? Seth Rollins. Oh. Jeff Hardy is the U.S. Champion. So, okay, so Seth Rollins beat Elias at Money in the Bank. He did. And then, and then the what next happened? night on Raw, lost. To Elias? No. To The Miz. The Miz is on SmackDown. <laughs> Well, I give up. Who did uh, Seth Rollins lose to? I wish I had a sound machine here because I would play record scratching. Mick Foley? No. Dolph Ziggler. Why? Because they're trying to promote Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre as forces. And I also think they wanted... Because Drew McIntyre is back from NXT. So why wouldn't, why wouldn't Drew McIntyre win the Intercontinental Championship? That is a question that is worthy of being asked. Um, That's how I would have played it, but, you know, whatever. But, yes, Dolph Ziggler won. Um, there's going to be a rematch next week. I, my guess is this is a way to get Seth Rollins closer to the main event. And a way to get a heel mid-card champion so that way somebody, whether it's Lashley or whether it's Bobby Roode or somebody, can take it off of him. And if it was on McIntyre, that would make McIntyre look bad. It's okay to make Ziggler look bad. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I mean, you look classically, I mean, you know, like uh, Shawn Michaels and uh, Big Daddy Cool. You know, you always got the little guy champion, big guy bodyguard to start with, so... Uh, I True. guess we there's a be, certain we could dynamic be doing there. That. That's a, that's a good comparison. Maybe that's the direction that we're going. Is in time, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler will turn on each other. Um, the news of today that I saw is that Sami Zayn is likely out until 2019. How come? A, he tore his other rotator cuff. Mm. How did he do that? I'm guessing it was in a match with Lashley, but I don't know. He wrestled Lashley, but he lost really quick. So maybe maybe he was injured before. It's possible. Because that would explain why that match was over super fast. That would explain that. Maybe it happened beforehand. Yeah, that's another match that probably could have not been on that card. 
um, mm-hmm. to go along those lines. But I will say, having said that, you know, a few different matches there, um, I, I, I was rather enamored with much of the rest of the card. Um, I like, let's see, what opened it? I liked um, Daniel Bryan versus Cass was okay. Uh, Sami Zayn versus Bobby Lashley was too short. The the Bludgeon Brothers in the cl- the club on the pre show was not a bad match. It wasn't a the good women's match, money in, the women's money in the bank match was good. I liked that. Yes, it was. Uh, I liked the men's money in the bank. Yep, very good. AJ and Shinsuke was good, but like Gargano and Champa the night before, it went on too long. Um, yes, although I I felt it was less guilty of that than Gargano Champa. Probably true. But I felt like there were two, like at like three or four times, people got up at the count of nine, and I get that that's the shtick of a last man sure standing is. match. But I was like, eh. so while we're on that subject, we need a new number one contender for the world title because AJ has now defeated Shinsuke multiple times. Shinsuke is now going to feud with Jeff Hardy for the U.S. title. Jeff Hardy is kind of doing. I don't think he's Brother Nero, but he's got full face paint. He almost looks like he's channeling a little bit of the Willow character. Oh, good. Um, That's speaking- what I always say. The Willow character <laughs> is the best incarnation of Jeff Hardy, and then we need more Willow. Uh, you ever watch that movie, Willow? Uh, a long time ago. With Val Kilmer playing Mad Mardigan? It's a good movie. Um, so, yeah, but he had the face paint. He had, it like, eyes painted on his eyelids and was talking about, I see you, Shinsuke. I see you. Okay. Well, (laughs) I guess I'm glad that Shinsuke Nakamura is moving on, because I, as much as, you know, the two of them are good wrestlers and to some people might consider these dream matches a dream series, I just have not been particularly enamored with Shinsuke, and I think AJ moving on to a different opponent uh, will invigorate some life into that title scene, which I will appreciate. So, five-man gauntlet match. Uh, Big E from the New Day. Okay, he didn't win. Dan- Daniel Bryan. Okay, mm, he did not win. Samoa Joe. Mm, seems unlikely. The Miz. Okay, mm, probably not. And Rusev. Uh, I'll give it to Rusev. You would be correct. Yeah! Rusev! Whatever that thing is that he says. Machka! Machka. Um, it was just, it was a well-told story. So Biggie and Daniel Bryan started. Biggie looked like a million bucks. As compared to Big Cass two nights before, Daniel Bryan, while winning, made Biggie look like Biggie looked like a million bucks. You know, people are clamoring for him to get that shot, you know, that singles push that everyone really wants him to get. Um, so he beats... Biggie, Samoa Joe's next. He beats him too. Ooh. Then the Miz comes out. Now before the match, the Gauntlet match is starting right as the previous match is ending, which was the Bludgeon Brothers in a rematch against the club. So the Bludgeon Brothers and Daniel Bryan cross paths on the entrance ramp, and there's a little bit of like a face-off there. So, of course, the Bludgeon Brothers show up to attack Daniel Bryan, beat him down, allowing The Miz to pin Daniel Bryan. Okay. Why would they wait? Since they just passed each other on the ramp and they felt slighted, 
Why wouldn't they just slam him into the ramp right there? Do, do, do they seem like schemers to you? Do, do they seem like the sort of people who plan? Part of, me, part of me thought maybe The Miz talked him into it, but that doesn't seem like what the the Bludgeon Brothers would do. No. So I, I don't really know that right. reason we didn't. Um, and then Rusev made Miz tap out to the accolade, which I can't remember the last time I saw that move win. And we're going to get Rusev and AJ Styles at Extreme Rules. At Extreme Rules or just like next week on SmackDown? No, Extreme Rules in three weeks. Oh, cool. I mean, that's unfortunate for Rusev because it leads me to believe he's just fodder for AJ at this point. But um, it'll be a good match. I would imagine that it's a it's a one-time thing to get. But they made it sound like this is Rusev's first single shot at the world title. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's false. I'm pretty sure I've seen him wrestle even AJ before. But regardless. Has he? I, I could be wrong. I mean, Again, I don't really I don't, know, but... Um, I would be- I would believe that if I had been listening to commentary, I would have believed that statement. But either way, it, Rusev's going to be in a main event matchup. Win or lose, I'm happy. Um, it, we got a tease of Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. That can happen later. I'm wondering if Daniel Bryan's now going to go after the tag titles. If he does, he better be teaming with Kane. I'm ready yep. for Team Hell No to come back. I mean, that'd be good, but I don't think Kane's coming back. I wouldn't think so, but I can't really think of who else Daniel Bryan would team with to wrestle Harper and Rowan. Someone with Joe? Just because he's got nothing I, to do? I love the idea. Yeah. But, yeah. So, but again, it could just be a, you know, somebody suggested we get the Miz and the Bludgeon Brothers in a six-man tag against Daniel Bryan, Gallows, and Anderson. That's certainly possible. Not very uh, inspired, but certainly possible. Seems likely um, even. So, but again, that was the big news on uh, SmackDown. Becky Lynch won a match. Against that was who? exciting. Billy Kay. Huh. All right. Sanity made their debut. Sanity made their debut. Did they? They beat the crap out of the Usos. Good. <laughs> uh, um, why? They were going to have a match, and they just attacked him before the bell and just beat him down. So I'm guessing that will continue. Are the Usos the tag champions? No, the Bludgeon Brothers are the tag champions. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so I don't understand the tag division. I was going to save it for my piece of positivity, but since you brought it up, mm-hmm. the tag champions on Raw are Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy, and the number one contenders are the B team. So the B team had a vignette. Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt had beat Slater and Rhino again. And then we go to the Titan Tron where Curtis Axel has a Matt Hardy wig. Okay. And he's doing his best Matt Hardy, which on the surface is very clever. Okay. Because then that means that Bo Dallas is dressed up like his brother. And it just made me so happy. Was he dressed up like his brother? Oh, yeah. He had the hat. He had like the, he almost was dressed in the old Wyatt. Like he, I think he had a Hawaiian shirt on. He had the hat. He had like a knit, it wasn't a fake beard. It was one of those knit beards you can get on Etsy. Mm -hmm. Um, And they had like a camp, it was some ridiculous looking lantern that didn't look anything like, 
if you get the chance, if you're going to watch something, watch that. Because Bray Wyatt himself can't stop laughing in the ring watching. <laughs> okay. That sounds pretty good. So, it was it was beautiful. It made me happy. I imagine they will wrestle at Extreme Rules. I, I don't care. Again, I feel like this pay-per-view is going to be good for my soul in that the wrestlers I like will be featured, even if they have no chance of winning. I'm just glad they're there. Do you think so. the B team could stand for Bray's team? And they're going to turn on Matt Hardy, all three of them, be a unit? I so hope so. Because then Matt Hardy could go get the Ascension or something. I don't know. Can't Matt Hardy get someone good? Mojo Raleigh? I st- no. Chad Gable? I mean, he's good, but... Has no he way, Jose? Is Chad Gable on television anymore? Um, if you consider main event to be television, sure. I don't. Then no. Okay, <laughs> just checking. How about Dana Brooke? Uh, we seen any Dana Brooke recently? No, she tweeted out that all she wants is a chance to wrestle, but no. Like, we uh, haven't even seen Titus Worldwide in a while. If she tweeted that, that means she's getting fired. There's a there's a large group of wrestlers that just aren't being featured. Like, it's a good thing that Baron Corbin is now Constable Corbin. Otherwise, is he wouldn't it, be on TV either. Is that a good thing? It's different. He's is not, that a good thing? I think he wrestled on Raw in his dress clothes like Corporate King. So, yes, I will continue to say it's a good thing. Though, to be fair, I didn't watch. That happened after I stopped watching. Okay. So, um, so yeah, it's been an eventful week in wrestling. Like I said, we got three weeks to go. Next week, Monday and Tuesday, I believe, next week is the UK championship thing. Um, I got something spoiled. I didn't want to, but I just couldn't help it. It was social media, but that's okay. Um, I'll, I'll, keep it, I'll keep the surprise going for you. Oh, I appreciate that. Um, so, yeah. So, it, I think it's been a good week. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm trying to think of any other major news that I can think of, but I think it might be time. We didn't get the chance to do this last week because we did a last-minute prediction and production show. Yep. But I think we can go to our emails. Oh, okay. Podcast at ddtwrestling.com. Um, again. We got to do this list reconciliation show. I agree. Let's do it. I was going to say, are we doing it right now? No, let's do it this week. Okay. I'm trying. I'm looking. I'm scrolling just to see if there's any other major news. No, that I can think of. All right. It's like we've so got we will five get to emails. all of our. We will get to all of our emails. Let's start. I don't know where we're going to go, Starbucks or Barnes & Noble or what, but our first email comes to us from Danielle. Am I reading this one? Of course. Hello. Yes, I did have to go back and listen to this past week's episode again. I listened to all of it again and was able to pick up on smaller comedic moments that I didn't catch when I first listened to the episode on the way to my family reunion in the southeast portion of the state. Gluten-free marshmallow. It is milk-based, so sorry, Doc, that we don't have a chocolate-covered one yet. Wah. Starbucks Gold member. The Starbucks Rewards Program is via registering a Starbucks gift card online and installing the app. There's the green level, where you get free in-store refills. To reach gold member status, 
you have to reach 300 stars, which is a dollar for two stars. So you have to spend $150 at Starbucks. Gold level rewards include some of the green card rewards, plus a personalized gold card. Oh, boy. Every 125 stars, you get a free drink or food. And no, you cannot use your Starbucks rewards at Barnes & Noble. Of course not. Yeah, it's a 10% discount off of Barnes & Noble purchases, not 10% for the total cost. If only. If only. Mm -hmm. Story time. When I ask what the name of the order or drink will be, I get different spellings and responses. My favorite is after someone tells me that the name of the order is Jeff. I always quote Jeff Jarrett, J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T. Note, this is weird to type an email, but I hope you get the point. Yes, we do. Thus leading to me explaining the Jeff Jarrett gimmick. Or I preference, or I preface, I think is what you meant to say, or I preface with, have you ever heard of Jeff Jarrett, a wrestler from the 1990s? Only once has someone recognized the phrase I was saying, and he no longer watched wrestling. He, like many, stopped watching after WCW folded. DC, have you read The Death of WCW? I've seen it at the bookstore. I just haven't looked into it yet. Why, yes, I have. It is right here in my hand, in fact. I'm holding it for Doc Manson to see. It is on the wrestling shelf, which has... For the audience so. at home who can't see... Uh, the video feed. I, I just want to emphasize that DC is lying to you. I am not. This that's is the book that's, right here. That's just a pad of paper. Don't try to make me out to seem like I. I could tell you all the books here. Uh huh. From Have a Nice Day to the Hardcore Truth to Jericho's books to Edge's book I've never read to Eddie Guerrero's <laughs> book I've never read. I got a good wrestling library. Of books that you've never read. Not to mention my periodicals. Oh, boy. Question for this week. What is your biggest pet peeve about the careers that you work in? Oy. Cheers, Danielle. Hmm. Doc Manson, I cede the floor to you. Well, first, I just want to know, uh, do you like The Death of WCW? It is a very good book. I have to finish... So I read it before watching, obviously, all of WCW. Um, I enjoy it. It, you know, every book has its own innate kind of bias. You get the author's bias and all of that. So clearly, this is someone who is very upset that WCW ended the way it did, and is looking to blame as many people as possible. But it is, you know, a nice inside look. If you are a fan of WCW, it's kind of nice to get some inside information on some of the things that you may have enjoyed. So I have, the plan is to eventually finish watching WCW and then read the book again, because I will probably get more out of it once I know what's going on. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so what is the biggest pet peeve about running a university? Well, I don't run a university. I uh, just run their labs. But... um. I don't get paid nearly enough. I think that's my biggest pet peeve. What would be uh, an acceptable salary? How much do you believe you deserve to get paid? Um, I would say probably half again what I currently make. 
So take half of your salary and add it on to your current salary. Yeah, I think so. Because um, I mean, so honestly, that would be what two seventy five, three hundred. Yeah, about that. So somewhere in that, somewhere in that range. I uh, just. The job is very complex, and I wear a lot of different hats. And because of the way that bureaucracy works, not only do I wear these hats, I I have to embody them. So I am a – I do all my own budgeting. I you am have to embody the hats? The, the roles. Uh, I, I'm a fiscal manager. I, I'm a primary author and editor. I'm um, – a building manager. I'm a personnel supervisor. I'm an educator. Um, I do. I, I do a hell of a lot, and it's just sort of silly. I think that either more of these duties aren't split out into other areas, or that the position is not a higher level given the amount of administrative work that it entails. Now, you just presented a compelling argument to me. Now, granted, I'm an idiot, but <laughs> have you considered making that presentation to someone who does control your salary? I will at some point make that presentation, yes. But even if I do get an upgrade, the amount of upward mobility available in this organization is not sufficient to really take it where it needs to go. Do you think, and this is an awkward question to ask on the air, so I'm going to ask it anyways. Of course. Um, do you see yourself reaching kind of a point of no return where you either need to just accept that you're going to stay there without the upward mobility, or are you going to seek employment elsewhere? Um, I mean, honestly, chances are I will be here the rest of my life. Okay. It's convenient. I understand. I yes, and I understand. There's a lot that goes into that. Mm, yeah, it, like it, you can't it, just factor yourself in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, another pet peeve I have of mine, again related to pay, is given you know the nature of the position and the nature of things as they are in the world. Um, I have not seen a single penny of a raise since I started this position years ago now. We don't get cost of living increases. We don't get, hmm. right now, regular raises. There's nothing built in. Um, I don't get merit pay. It doesn't exist. Um, so Are you unionized? We are unionized, which is half the problem, actually. Hmm. Um, I mean, I don't really necessarily mean that. I'm not anti-union by any stretch, but... Um, they certainly haven't done anything to help the situation. So, again, I, I'm going to have worked in this position probably for the better part of five or six years without ever seeing any increase in pay. And furthermore, because of the way that the union contracts have gone, my contributions from my own pay towards retirement, towards health care, towards um, et cetera, et cetera, have only gone up. So my take-home pay, in fact, is lower than it was when I started years ago. So I'm actually making less money for doing the same job. And that's not even accounting for inflation, just in general. So it's, you know, cost of living just going up. So it's a really bad deal. It sounds like it, which again makes me ponder whether or not you and Mrs. Manson might seek 
greener pastures sometime. Mm. The, the stability sure is nice. Um, I, I could go with the obvious answer and say glitter. Glitter is a pet peeve of mine because it gets everywhere. I, I really, I ban it. Do you work in a strip in, club? Because I ban it in my classroom because lots of teachers use it for art projects. And so even if a kid's done something in, let's say, art class, and they bring it back and there's glitter on it, it's going to get everywhere. It is going to get on my face, even if I don't go anywhere near it. And yes, Mrs. Matthews will comment, jokingly, of course, that it's good that we take one car to work, because otherwise she would wonder if I had taken the day off to go to a strip club. Well, there, I, I, you should probably let her know that there are plenty of strip clubs now which are 100% certified glitter-free. They don't allow it. So that would probably make her feel Why better. Why would I tell it. her that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the, in the interest of being open and honest with your I suppose that is true. Other. Um, but, you know, going to a broader, bigger picture theme, I'll, I'll stick with finances, but I will say that the you know the the town i work in in many districts you have a board of education which tries to make all of the decisions but they have to answer to the board of finance which takes care of the town's finances and there are people on actually both of these boards in the town that i work in um that don't seem to understand that this is not 1965 and you cannot teach children today in 2018 having 27 kids in a class, them all sitting in rows, and them just doing worksheets. It's not going to work. You need a new approach, and that approach is going to wind up cause, costing money. And it's, it is irritating to be told by these various boards that we are not working in the best interests of children, because if we were, we'd be not spending money. It, just, it, it doesn't make sense. So, that's irksome to me. Fair enough. Thank you, Danielle, for your question. Our next email comes from Mitchell Monroe, and it is titled, Disney! What's ironic is, I mentioned that my honeymoon was at Disney to throw you off the trail of Space Mountain-type questions. Crying emoji, crying emoji, crying emoji. Uh, maybe that's laughing emoji. I don't know. There's, it's a big it's, grin it's, plus it's, tears. Yeah. Laughing so hard that I am crying emoji. Laughing so hard I am crying emoji. Laughing so hard I am crying emoji. <clears throat> but we had an awesome... T- Hold on a second. Did you think that mentioning Disney would throw us off the Space Mountain Trail? Mitchell, Like that's like the obvious go-to when you bring up Disney. And, right, right, DC? Am I wrong on this? How is that throwing us off the trail? I, I don't know. Because I'm trying to make a comparison, but I can't think of anything particularly clever at the moment. But if you're going to mention Disney, what are the two biggest rides on Disney that I can think of is Splash Mountain, Space Mountain, maybe the teacup ride. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with Space Mountain. (laughs) But we had an awesome time. My bride's aunt and uncle work in upper management for Disney World, so we had free tickets. Mitchell. What's the uh, friends hook, policy? Hook, hook the doctor up. Hook uh-huh. the doctor up. That's what I'm saying. I love Disney World and I have some free tickets. I'd be catching a plane tomorrow. Uh, we went to Epcot, Animal Kingdom, and Hollywood Studios. And we did go on a few rides, but we found ourselves going to more shows and attractions as we are old souls. Or, you know, I get motion sickness. 
well, sir, do never do not go on the the extreme version of what was it called? Mission Mars, something like that. Oh God, it's it's horrendous. Uh, if I had to pick a few of my highlights on things I really enjoyed, it would be the German buffet. <laughs> A man after DC's heart. The Lion King variety show. Excellent. The gorgeous night show at Animal Kingdom. Yep, that's nice. And the Indiana Jones stunt show. That's a good one. And the new Toy Story shooting ride. Similar to the Buzz Lightyear ride. With the German buffet being my favorite thing overall. As I said, a man after DC's heart. While Doc was talking, I put on my lederhosen. He did. Uh, we skipped out on Magic Kingdom. What is wrong with you? So we'll have to capitalize on some free tickets again sometime in the next few years. Tell your bride's aunt and uncle, or just tell your bride and she can tell the aunt and uncle, that, you know, you listen to this podcast and we have tens of listeners. Tens. And so... So if we got free tickets and could go, we could then podcast about it. They're in, informing people of this great thing called Disney World, because I don't know that you've gotten the word out enough. You need us to fix that and problem. It's a publicity thing. I mean, you know, maybe we go straight to the mouse with this. They, they might be interested in the pitch. Yeah. So I, I expect the next email from Mitchell... To include some free tickets. I, I did a hibachi-style dinner at, at Epcot, obviously, in, in the Japanese section, which was also very excellent. I don't know if you like a hibachi-style food, uh, but I would certainly recommend it if you do ever go back. I remember going to Disney as a kid. I went twice as a kid, and Epcot was my least favorite part. That's surprising to me. Knowing how boring of a person you are, like, I would think that that would have been, like, six-year-old no. DC's, like, center of the universe. No, I wanted to go to Magic Kingdom. Let's really, go I wanted the no, golf no. ball. Let's see the Actually, history of man. Let me rephrase. All I wanted to do was go to the play area of the hotel we stayed at, eat a giant brownie the size of my head, and play the <laughs> X-Men arcade game. If I could have just done that, I wouldn't have needed to go to any of the parks. And but honestly, I remember liking Magic knowing, Kingdom. Knowing your parents, they probably stuck you on the monorail and as soon as that ride was over, said, that's it, that's Disney World, time to go home. And you were like, okay. Por favor, bate a decir, have a bit of There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, so, yeah, free tickets would be good. Yeah, our yeah, next let me know email, about that, Mitchell. Our next email comes from... Beverly Dakota. Way to hear Beverly Dakota. Let's hear what Beverly Dakota has to say. Good evening, gentlemen. Beverly Dakota signing in here. How has your week been? Mine has been very quaint. Thank you for asking. After taking a brisk walk around the picturesque surroundings of the Cotswolds, taking in the idyllic view of the cottage homes, and strolling the vast woodland in the 56-acre gardens, I must say I feel splendid. Marvelous retreat for my spiritual side and self-esteemed. The Wrestling Times. As someone old enough to witness Ric Flair in his primo, I have a question for you. Out of the 70s, 80s, 90s, knots, describe a word that describes Flair in that decade. Woo. Favorite moment of said (laughs) decade. And your thoughts on his impact on the business in that decade. 
70s, 80s, 90s, knots. You can leave 70s out if it's too hard. No, that's the easiest one. Okay, hold on. Medieval facts. During the Black Plague, doctors thought bacteria was spread because people washed too often. It led to people stop washing altogether. Because they believed water weakened your body and widened your pores to let the disease in. Interestingly, considering the body is made up of a lot of water, but you digress. One doctor even said, by means no, should you your face wash. Frightening, faithfully yours, Beverly Dakota. Um, I want to come back to that part. I have a question for you as a scientist. Okay. Um, the 70s. Okay. A word that describes flair in that decade. Woo. Broken. Oh. Broken. My favorite moment of what said decade. What about big, fat muscle man? Wasn't he like a big bear of a man before he was broken? Yes. Like 300 My favorite pounds? moment of the decade, the only thing I can remember, is that he was in a plane crash and broke his back. And the thoughts of his impact on the business, that plane impacted the ground really hard. Sorry, I kept interrupting you because that was actually a pretty good through line and punchline there. So, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, what I about the much. '80s? Um, a word that describes flair in the '80s, I would say Iron Man. Okay. Because he wrestled all over. Um, my favorite moment of said decade. I'm gonna go with there was. I think it was '89. He wrestled Road Warrior Hawk in a singles match, and then watching it on the network. Even all these years later, I was convinced that Road Warrior Hawk must have been a world champion, and I just never got the memo because it really looked like he, like he, that was a perfect example of him. And again, we've come back to this time and time again, making his opponent look like a million bucks and then winning anyways. Okay. 90s. Um, a word that describes flair in that decade is mistreated. Oh. Uh, in WCW. He left in 92 because I believe that was when someone wanted him to cut his hair and change his name from Ric Flair to Spartacus. And they wanted him to dress like a gladiator because it was a reflection of what was happening in WWF at the time with the goofy characters. They wanted them to do that. So he left, went to WWE, won the 92 Royal Rumble, goes back to WCW, but then is still mistreated because then that leads to him having an angle on TV where he is institutionalized and is running around in Florida Gator boxer shorts, leading a band of misfit, you know, cuckoo's nest style so inmates. Spartacus, he draws the line at, but boxer short cuckoo's nest, he decides to give it his all. I think it's a different... He had gone elsewhere and tried, and I don't think WWF would have had him back, maybe not as much. I see. Um, I see. So I think he realized that was kind of it. And uh, a word that describes him in the 2000s, wrinkly. My favorite moment of said decade, um, WrestleMania with Undertaker, hmm. where he bled all of the blood. All of it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and on the thoughts of his impact on the business in that decade, he... That was when he was just, you're literally watching a living legend wrestle. And maybe he shouldn't be doing it anymore, but he's still doing it. And he had arguably the greatest retirement moment of all time. Yeah. 
I love you, the super kick, all that. Oh, yeah. So, so my question to you as a scientist, unless you'd like to chime in there. No, I'm good. Woo. Um, so during the Black doctors of that time, the smartest men in the land believed that washing caused... Listen, it was the Dark Ages for a reason. So my question is, what is likely now? What is something that we believe as fact now, be it medical, scientific, or whatever, that in 200 or 300 years, people will look back on us and say, oh, those silly bastards? Well, that's pretty much an impossible question for me to answer. But, I mean... If you want a more recent example of of something now that is is sort of like, oh, silly bastards. Um, that for a long time, you know, I, and it's only really recently, the last since since nineteen since late nineteen fifties that we've even been aware of uh, DNA, nucleic acid, been aware of that as a blueprint of, of you know life and all that. Um, mm-hmm. For a long time, even you know, once we had that structure, once we started figuring out what it did, we know that parts. We knew that parts of it were um, actively transcribed and translated to make proteins and those things we call exons. Those are the actual encoding parts of the genome. And in between the exons are are segments of of nucleic acids, which are referred to as introns. And those introns um, go in the trash, or at least that was traditionally what was thought. They were spliced out, discarded. They weren't actually used to encode anything. Um, So we just kind of thought they were garbage DNA for a long time. And more recently, what we've been finding is in these regions, they co- they encode for things like uh, very short sequences of silencing mRNA. Um, they are they they work as transcription promoters. They influence how different genes are or are not expressed. So it seems as though, although they don't directly code for anything. They are still very important in regulating how the rest of the genome is actually expressed, upregulating and downregulating those things. So contrary to it just being garbage, it actually seems like they're extremely important in terms of, you know, uh, how the rest of it is controlled. Okay. So, you know, so, so pretty silly. So what you're so what you're saying is it's not that we're not in the dark ages, so it's not that we. In terms of the know. dark ages, like I, the, you're talking about a time where the scientific method was not like readily practiced. There was no, there was no real system for, um, you know, uh, there was no real system of organized thought for evidence based um, conclusions. You know, you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. So without that. Nothing that they believed was really science. It was just a belief. Okay. So it wasn't that we knew facts. We just, this is what we think happened. Right. That's my interpretation. I'm sure they had plenty of reasons that they thought were facts, just as we now have reasons that we think are facts. But at the same time... um, So I guess that's my question. Could there be something, and I suppose the answer is yes, there can always be something, but could there be something that we discover... You know, I my mind went to dark matter. We don't know what dark matter is, but we're pretty sure it exists. I'm not so but. sure about that. I'm not even sure the consensus is that we're pretty sure it exists anymore. They've done an awful lot of work looking for it. 
So they can't find it. Yeah. I mean, so the thing that I think is really interesting and maybe the thing that you're saying, you know, hundreds of years from now, right now, obviously sort of related to what you're talking about in physics, they're looking for the unification theory. They're trying to get, you know, the, the, the old standard, um, and, and tie that to quantum mechanics in a way that actually makes everything make sense. Um, and the harder they look for things, I mean, obviously they found the Higgs boson, uh, boson, boson, whatever, mm-hmm. um, I've heard both pronunciations. Uh, particle, and, and so that was a great thing. But since then, you know, uh, the Large Hadron Collider, all the experiments they've been doing trying to look for other particles, they have found nothing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm, again, completely uninformed. I'm not a physicist, yada, yada. But, you know, it's 100, 200 years from now, it could maybe there is no unification theory. Maybe, maybe quantum mechanics and um, classical physics are not a system that that interconnects what if they are unrelated systems i mean you start thinking about you know the world or the universe as a simulation which is not a matter of science i'll, I'll have you know um I, that's a philosophical discussion i would say not a scientific one but if you want to talk about the world as a simulation you think about how we make simulations now think about like how we program video games right so you have two very distinct or sometimes multiple, maybe more than two, uh, distinct systems that are ongoing at the same time. Like you might have uh, what we call physics in a video game, which controls motion of the player, how the player interacts with the environment around them, right? You move forward, you move back. Things are getting more more complicated in, in video game simulations now. Yeah, like you can assign physics properties to the to the materials that you interact with so you might slide on something or you might find something is harder like we're getting more sophisticated in that way but you think about that how how there's a there's a system that describes that the, the interaction of an individual in that immediate surroundings and that's one system but then you think about the programming that goes into say spawning a player character into the world right there is this other programming there there's mathematics there's computations that are are dictating how a person how a player or an npc is simply made to appear in that environment but that has nothing to do with the physics of how that player or on player character interacts with that environment so i mean that's to me an analog that potentially could exist to this so, world so there's no reason is, why it okay. has to interconnect so uh, you lost me there for a second but i think i picked back up on it so everyone is looking for one rule or law that will explain everything right. or at least a good number of things and what you're suggesting is that could not or perhaps does not exist and there are multiple laws that would be that's very interesting. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm sure a physicist could probably blow holes in that theory right away. Again, I'm not a physicist, don't have any training no. in it, but it just seems to me like like it could be a common language, right? Like the same programming language C++ is used to describe both of those systems, but they're not yeah. dependent on each other. Um Well, and 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 it's interesting to kind of think that, you know, everything in you know, life, the universe and everything um, has to obey a single framework. Like right. that just like it, it makes much. It's much easier to believe that there's all this stuff happening, and we can figure out what it all is. But it doesn't all have to necessarily perfectly mesh together. Yeah. So just a thought that I've had thinking about that sort of stuff. And again, I'm 
it's more of a philosophical thing. I, I bet you there's real science that could tell you why that's just not the case. But it, it's to me, it was at least an interesting self-thought experiment. I am fascinated. That kind of, you know, because while I am not of a scientific bent necessarily, that kind of stuff is interesting to me. And I think it is because it kind of ties um, science in with philosophy, which is more akin to where my brain kind of goes. And then you tie in history with that as well. Um, so, Beverly Dakota, thank you very much for your conversation on the Black Death. Um, our next email comes from Jeffrey from Massachusetts, who doesn't have Twitter. Hey, Doc, I hear from the last episode you went to the Berkshires. That's kind of out my way. You may have passed my hometown on the Mass Pike on the way there. West Springfield, exit four. Anyways, you may have missed a couple of my favorite spots out in the Berkshires. The Norman Rockwell Museum and Bash Bish Falls. If you did miss them, highly recommend you go back. I know Bash Bish is free and the museum is not too much. Just a couple recommendations from a DDT bestie. Keep up the good work. Jeffrey from Massachusetts, who doesn't have Twitter, sent from my iPhone. Uh, I did not go to Bash Bish Falls. I was not aware of Bash Bish Falls. I'll have to look it up. Um, it sounds like it could be a interesting afternoon for sure. We did. It sounds to me like it really should be Bish Bash Falls. That just rolls off the tongue. Bash Bish Falls. Bish Bash. We did go to the Norman Rockwell Museum, and that was uh, very interesting. I, I liked that quite a bit. I, I appreciate museums more than I used to. It's funny because I didn't think I was going to like the Norman Rockwell Museum. That's kind of how I'm feeling. I'm like, Norman Rock, like a, a museum about a Norman Rockwell? Yeah. But, but honestly, um, it was it was impressive. Um, they have a room downstairs where they have every single one of his uh, Saturday Night Post uh, covers, every single one he ever did. And it was just sort of impressive to see it all, you know, and, and to see the different phases of his work and, and so on and so forth. And I, I honestly, I didn't really have a lot of interest before I went there, but uh, I think that's probably the sign of a good museum that, that I left with a greater appreciation than I thought I would. I think you're absolutely right. Um, I did talk to Mrs. Manson while I was over at Manson Manor, and she was much more effusive in her praise. You had said it was nice, you enjoyed it, the noodle place was good, but you're not sure you would go back. She was much more in the, oh yeah, we're going back. This was a fun place. Huh. Interesting. So. All right. I'm not against right. it. Well, I, I will have to, uh, if, if we do go to the Berkshires, I will have to inquire with Jeffrey on exit four. <laughs> um, I'm just going to drive around screaming his name. Jeffrey! That won't cause a problem in West Springfield, will it? I doubt it. No. Our final email of the evening comes from perhaps the bestie of all besties, our good buddy Glenn. Hi, guys. With three of the four WWE general managers being British and now not only the UK tournament but also a UK brand, do you think this is an oversaturation of Britishness? and may put U.S. viewers off watching. Thanks as always, your bestest of besties, Glenn. Um, well, that is the big, we didn't talk about that, and I don't know number if one. you've been paying a lot of attention. Is there a U.K. brand? NXT U.K. What is that? It is the official new brand. That's that, because the tournament was taped this week, will air next week. 
And they announced they're actually going to do a, a version of NXT. I'm assuming another hour weekly show, but it's going to be Have NXT. Have they actually UK. said they're going to do a separate hourly weekly show? I don't know, but they did. They have a brand. They have a logo. Okay, because I mean, like the UK Championship thus far, no, you know, for the most part, has been defended on NXT, and you know, I, I, I certainly got one thing spoiled for me from this upcoming tournament as well. Probably the same thing you alluded to earlier, and from that, I before I had known this news, I sort of said to myself, oh well, perhaps that just means future defenses will also happen on NXT. Um, I, I I guess, to me, some of the news I had heard just made it seem like maybe the UK was just going to be more heavily integrated into the current animal of NXT as opposed to being its own thing. Mm-hmm. Well, if I can get my computer to stop jumping around. Uh, WWE's global expansion. This is from GameSpot. Not that that's the be-all, end-all, but this is the article that I chose to read. WWE's global expansion just took a major step forward, appearing at WWE's UK title tournament taping. WWE Executive Vice President Triple H announced the United Kingdom was getting its own NXT brand, with taping for the new show beginning in July. NXT UK will showcase wrestling's top talent in the United Kingdom and Ireland, with three championships being up for grabs. The UK title, the UK Tag Team Championship, and a UK Women's Championship. Hmm. Well, that's very interesting. The thing that um that makes me wonder, though, NXT in the United States, although you know we've gone back and forth on this depending on the composition of their roster, it goes back and forth between being a showcase for just a different kind of wrestling as well as being a place for green wrestlers to get their feet wet. Obviously, NXT is tied very closely with the WWE's Performance Center, right? Uh, which is where other up-and-coming stars train and learn the craft. My question then, I guess, is will WWE, I'm sorry, NXT UK, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be this, this brand, are they going to establish a performance center? Are they going to be trying to cultivate new stars from from the ground up in the UK? Or is it merely going to be a showcase for the established players in the United Kingdom? I have a sneaky... I, I don't know. I'm guessing that NXT is going to slowly just start to incorporate, like, progress... And, you know, if because those were the shows that were reportedly going to start having their uh, stuff on the network. So it's possible that they're just going to start enveloping some of these indies. Um, and I do, you know, at the end of the GameSpot article uh, speculates that this is going to be the new norm. We'll get an NXT India. We'll get an NXT Latin America. We'll get an NXT Europe or Asia or whatever. But why? Because... Why would you call that NXT? Because now that's the brand. NXT is the brand. You know, I think what we're getting now is... But isn't that going to start looking weird once you have 10 NXT brands? Isn't that going to seem like... I mean, certainly in terms of overhead, cost, profit, etc. At some point, NXT is going to seem like the company, not WWE. WWE is going to seem like this weird oddball product... Um, from the NXT company. Don't you think that's weird? If this goes on its current trajectory, if we fast forward 20 years, maybe. 
but not anytime soon. Yeah. Um, no, that's fair. You know, and I do think, time. and I do think that Raw and SmackDown will just be, you know, I think at some point, if he wants to, Pete Dunne can go to Raw or SmackDown. Sure. Like, I do think that's what's going to start happening is these guys are going to start being able to appear. And I think, you know, th- what this sounds like right now is in the 1980s, Vince McMahon bought out the territories and brought them all under the umbrella of WWE, but closed them down and it was just one big company. Now what sounds like it's happening is Triple H and Vince McMahon are taking over the indies, but instead of just bringing it under WWE's umbrella and calling it WWE, they're essentially rebranding the indies. And so now you've got NXT UK. Um, the May Young Classic has been announced, year two of the May Young Classic. Triple H has teased a big announcement there. Wouldn't be surprised if we get an all-woman show. I mean, the only thing that, if it doesn't, if it doesn't go the way I just suggested with the WWE becoming like this weird offshoot brand of the NXT company, the only other way really for it to go is all of those NXT territories are considered developmental in some capacity, and the WWE still remains the major league that all of these systems feed into. That's kind of what I think is going to happen. They're going to be able to pick which of the talents from these companies they want, and otherwise it's... It still seems like a weird way to go. I mean, you're never going to have a world... Well, I mean, I get the world is getting smaller every day, right? Globalization is a thing. It just seems strange, though, because you're not going to cherry pick one or two guys from NXT India and suddenly get all of India interested in the WWE product. You know what I mean? They're going to be built in, I, I would think, they'd be more comfortable with the, the promotion that has all Indian wrestlers that, that, that seems more familiar to them. But again, I guess globalization is a thing, and who can say where that'll be in 20 years and homogenization yeah. across the populations? Who, who knows? Uh, I don't but know. I do think, to answer, to answer one of the questions you asked earlier, I do think we get a performance center in the UK. And I, I think that's what's going to happen, is we're going to get a performance center established in Western Asia. And whether it's called NXT India or not, it's going to be, a you know, there's going to be some NXT influence there. There'll be some NXT influence in Europe or China or, you know, Ho-Ho Loon is not done impacting the world of WWE, I think is written. Um, is Jack Gallagher going to go be part of this UK thing? Uh, he was in the tournament. I don't know how. I've, I've kept myself pretty... I watched some of the tournament, the first rounds on YouTube. So I watched some of that. There's a lot of new talent that I didn't get to see. I got to the see. First El round Miguel. is on YouTube. If you would like to go watch the first, so it's I think it's a 16 man tournament. Can I watch it on the network right now? No, you can't see the first round on the network. You can only see the first round on YouTube. Can I eventually quarter- see the first round on the network? I don't know. But the quarterfinals... Who the hell is running this thing? I don't know. Well, I do know. But I think they're trying to get, you know, they're trying, again, they're trying to get you to watch YouTube. If you see YouTube and you see a guy you know and you don't subscribe to the network, maybe you watch it. I mean, I understand putting it on YouTube, but why is it not also on the network? 
The people that you I already have who just want to go one place. Every day I want to open up my WWE app and I want to see on there, oh, can I watch some of this UK tournament, yes or no? I had no idea. I knew that it was going to air on the network, whatever was going to air next week. I was going to go back and yeah. look, but I had no idea this crap on YouTube even existed. I didn't know until somebody, uh, Cody, our, you know, de- our member of the neighborhood, Cody Benoit, um, mentioned it. And that's where I went and found it. WWE's YouTube channel. They're trying to keep a YouTube channel open as well as the network. I, I just and don't maybe get the first like the Facebook but, and, thing and to made fair. sense to me. Facebook paid them money. Is YouTube is Google paying them? I'm sorry, Alphabet is Alphabet paying them money for exclusive content to appear on YouTube? If so, that at least makes sense why they're doing it. Because if not, well, you should also and put again, that on the network. The production value was not very good, and I don't think that really matters. But this was at some festival, like it's you know kind of it's like essentially it's wrestling under a tent. Yeah. Um, so it's not like you know. And again, it was interesting. There were wrestlers that I hadn't seen before. There are some guys I am interested in seeing make it to this thing. But the 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 shows that will be next week are at Royal Albert Hall in London. It's going to be a much more fancy event. How's but uh, I, I would I would say that I I do imagine eventually it'll be on there. How's Clone Balor doing? I didn't. That was the one match they just added that match like yesterday or the day before. Oh, all right. They were adding matches like every day or so. So that's one I didn't see. And since I'm not a fan of Clone Balor I, and he's wrestling, what I did notice from watching the first round is they paired a new person up with an established, like somebody from the last UK tournament, and almost always the new person won. So all right, I don't know how Clone Balor is doing. I do wonder, though, if since he's not doing anything right now, if eventually Finn Balor makes his way to this WWE UK brand. We will see. We will see. All right. Well, that is it for our email. Thank you to all of our wonderful emailers, to Glenn and to Beverly and to Jeffrey and to Mitchell and to Danielle. Uh, Our conversation went all over the map, which is always what I enjoy. Uh, what is your piece of positivity from Money in the Bank weekend? I'm going to go ahead and go with Braun Strowman winning the Money in the Bank briefcase. We really kind of glossed over that. We didn't even talk about the fact that Alexa Bliss won the briefcase and then cashed in. We did not. So probably because at Extreme Rules, Nia versus Alexa part three or four. Who cares? I liked Ronda. I thought she did well. She did great. That was a great match, actually. Yeah. I liked that match quite a bit. Best match. Uh, well, one of the best matches I've seen with Nia Jax. And you'll love it because Ronda came out, attacked Alexa Bliss. Kurt Angle tried to help. She attacked Kurt Angle, and she's now been suspended for 30 days. All right. So you take my piece of positivity, and this is what you do to me. I'm trying to make sure that you are aware of all of the events of the week. I feel like I'm an informer. Okay, well, what did Oscar do and if this I week? Squash, uh, she came out because Carmella came out to do her bragging thing. She cut a very Alexa Bliss, pl- Bliss promo. Uh, Oscar's music hit. James Ellsworth came out in the Oscar costume. Then Oscar came out. 
tried to beat the crap out of Ellsworth, turned around, got super kicked by Carmella, and Carmella and Ellsworth ran away. So I think we're either getting a handicap match at Extreme Rules, or Ellsworth is going to be in a shark cage, because WWE loves their shark cages. And if Asuka wins, she gets five minutes with Ellsworth. I I just think it's it's great that they took this this awesome character, this undefeated Asuka, this this empress with her reign of terror over NXT and the main roster, and in two pay per views, this undefeated nightmare of a wrestler has lost to both the best and the worst wrestlers in your women's division. Remember, she is mortal. Remember, she is mortal. That's kind of how I feel when I'm... And again, it's it's odd, because she... her I won't even say her stock. She's still Asuka. But the the bloom is off the rose a little bit. For sure. With um, this whole thing. I am happy to see James Ellsworth back. I hope it's... I hope it's not just temporary. I like James Ellsworth. No, I think he'll stick around for a little while. Um... So, yes, my apologies for saying, but, but no, your piece of positivity was Braun Strowman. Yes, your you piece twisted of positivity it. was Braun Strowman. Uh, you you well, did let, a twisted bliss all over it. I would like to point out that Braun Strowman stood tall at the end of the go-home Raw, and I was like, damn it, that means there's no chance of him winning. So when he climbed out, now I was in bed watching the main event, like half asleep, and when Braun won, I literally thought I was dreaming. <laughs> I was like, what? And I sat up in bed and like blinked and rubbed my eyes and looked and was like, holy Toledo. Yeah, yeah no. I, I, I'm glad they pulled the trigger on him. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, I'm not sure him as Mr. And Money in the Bank is something that you know either of us really saw as necessarily no. going well, even. But no, I'm I thought it was going to be it. Finn Balor. I'm and I was wrong. Yeah, yeah, you were. And Kevin Owens got thrown off a f- high thing. Yeah, yeah, he does that. Um, my thing, I will. I just last minute change of my idea for what my uh, piece of positivity would be. Billy Kay may have lost to Becky Lynch on SmackDown, but she and Peyton Royce cut a promo. Now SmackDown was in Toledo, and they're talking. And Billy Kay comes out and she has the mic and she goes, "Where are we? To Toledo, Toledo, Menudo." And so that was actually what Peyton Royce said, and then. B- Billy Kay said, what does one do in Toledo? And it was just the two of them, despite the fact that I don't think they've won since being on the main roster, they've immediately become fantastic heel characters. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm just happy for them. Yeah. Hi, Oscar. How are you? He's great. Good. I forgot to bring the Superman costume. I will have to rectify that. I debated just sending it to you in the mail. <laughs> um, Doc Manson, if people want to to be more involved with the DDT experience, yeah. how do they do that? Well, I mean, first thing you first, I'd say if you want to have a comment read on this show, you would send an email to podcast at ddtwrestling.com. You can also send us a message at the DC Matthews or at Doc Manson on Twitter. If you want to listen to more of our shows, I recommend you head over to ddtpod.com. If you'd like to get yourself a t-shirt, you can head on over to shop 
www.ddtwrestling.com. And if you would like to just, you know, support our wacky oral antics, I would highly encourage you to head to patreon.com forward slash DDT Wrestling. Shake us those shekels, people. Yes, shekel us up. Um, we don't have to talk too, too much about it, but uh, Ricochet Dream, very good. Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch versus Undisputed Era, very, very good. good. I even liked Lars Sullivan versus Aleister Black. Yes, I like Shayna Baszler versus Nikki Cross, actually. It was okay. I thought the... The, I thought the choke the the moment at the end was nice. Yes, like her laughing and then passing out. I was like, that was nice for her character. Did not appear with sanity on SmackDown though, which no. I was disappointed no, by. Did not. All right. How would you know? You didn't watch wrestling. Yeah, I just guessed. Okay. Uh, anything else you would like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into the summer solstice, the longest day of the year? Banana cakes. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews, and until we meet again, my friends, get your banana cakes, and won't you be our bestie? <laughs>